welcome uh, to the table. And uh, today, uh, man, so excited because we have our special guest. And today's going to seem probably a little strange to you, a little bit different, because um, both our guests and the topic we're talking about, um, uh, we'll call him Justin because that's not necessarily his real name, but uh, he is a, what we just, we consider a missionary uh, for 20 some years now um, in Muslim nations. And so uh, because of just the sensitivity of where he lives and, and does ministry and how he does ministry, uh, we're going to kind of help protect that. But we want to bring to you a, just a, a real conversation. Um, last night, uh, you were with us um, uh, in our in our church service, just sharing and, and that sort of thing in our, in our midweek prayer service. And it was incredibly impactful, uh, just to say the least, just to to hear those stories. I've, I've had the opportunity, obviously, both personally and corporately to hear those stories. And it just never, uh, it, it never gets old just hearing the way that God uh, just supernaturally um, ministers in and through, for and all around. And it's such a, it's such an encouragement, I think, uh, to the body. I watched people last night just taking in you know, the whole thing and just their faces and just, you know, that sense of, man, this is, this is the real deal. This is real stuff. So thank you for taking some time to hang out with us while you're in the States here. And, uh, we, we appreciate that, but I want to go back, um, because we've had this conversation years ago about your, your sort of, your sort of calling into, I mean, here you are sitting in a, in a, actually in a university here in the city, um, you know, studying agricultural engineering. Is yep. that correct? Not exactly what you would consider your, you know, missionary path of, you know, what most missionaries do. They think they've got to go to Bible college and get a four year yeah. degree and that sort of thing. Um, but I want to go back to that, that calling. Cause I, I think it's such an incredible story, yeah. but I think also, I think it could bring some real encouragement to people like, you know, that, that think that I've got to do all these things right. and those things aren't wrong, but you know, to, to be used of God that way. So take us back, uh, 2000 and yeah, 2001, 2001. Yeah. So let's, let's go back there. You're at that point. Um, you're newly married, newly married, yes. newly married. So, so take it from there and kind of tell us the story of how this all sort of came, came to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could go back a little bit further. So I had got saved in 1996. Right. And that was a radical kind of, I was the first Christian in my family. Okay. So traditional kind of Catholic, Latino family. And, but yeah, just kind of nominal. Some people held strong to their beliefs and some didn't, but my parents didn't. My parents were hippies. They went right. to Woodstock. Right. Um, yeah. So I had all of that growing up and like religion was just kind of a choice whether I wanted to do it or not. Right. So I didn't want to do it and right. I was left to my own in high school and I was, sure. you know, just doing this and that. But uh, yeah, in college I got saved. It was pretty radical. My testimony would kind of affect, you know, it just had an okay. influence on people's lives. Yeah. And so people were coming to the Lord. And so then pastors were like, Hey, you have a call of God in your life. I'm like, what's he calling me? What, what do I do? You know? Right. And, and I had right. no idea what <clears throat> these things were. And, and so I got invited to a missions conference and there was missionary speaking at this conference. And I remember just during worship, the Holy Spirit just it was just impactful. I just felt his presence. Right. And then all of a sudden it just like, it came to me like, Oh, I get the key to life. It's we're supposed to serve God. Hmm. And I was like, there's all this, like whatever expectation, <laughs> you know, and I was in college I was actually in that point, I was studying environmental law Okay, and you know, that was the thing to do. And right. I wanted to, you know, so I was like, Oh, this changes everything. Like 
no, we're supposed to just serve God. And I was like, you know, running around people, we're supposed to serve God, you know? <laughs> and they're like, yes, and, uh, yes, we Yeah, are. <laughs> so then I changed my major. I'm like, what do I do? And then I figured like, yeah, I'll help feed people. So I went into agriculture. Um, so yeah, at the U, I was in Chi Alpha. Um, that was a great ministry. We yeah. had new, past, new campus pastors and just really fired up. And so, and my wife, we got married in May, 2001. And this is my last semester of school. And so my, my, my buddy in Chi Alpha, we go to church on Sunday nights, and so we were there in Victor, and I think we were goofing off in the right, back row. Sure, it was a Sunday night. My wife works Sunday nights, so we just go to church, and uh, yeah, there was the flags were up in the in the service, and I remember God just said to me, "Pray for Afghanistan," mm. and I was, you know, I was kind of like, "Oh, I think right. I'm supposed to pray for Afghanistan." Like right. I don't know, I just had this impression to pray for Afghanistan. So I turned to my buddy and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm supposed to pray for Afghanistan." He's like, "Oh, let's, let's pray." And so when I started praying, I, the Holy Spirit just came on me. And then I, was, I started speaking in tongues. Right, right. And it was almost like, I, it was not uncontrollable, but, sure. like, but then that's I was strong. that guy in the yeah. church. And I've never That's what been, I love about your story. Because yeah. you said the thing, you're, you're that guy, Pastor. We had to have him hold out. Right. I, I like, right. You know, and so people were like turning, looking at me. And so I got out and I remember I went out the side door and it probably made a little bit of commotion, you know? Sure, and, sure. And then I was like, let's go to the prayer center. And then it was locked. And he's like, well, we can just go to my house. And uh, we jumped in his car and then he said, hey, the campus pastor gave me this book today, like before, like mm. I came and picked you up. And it was Afghanistan, My Tears. And it was written by David and Julie Leatherberry. And they were yeah. the pioneer missionaries into Afghanistan. And when I saw that book, I was just like, I started crying. And I was like, okay, I don't know why I'm crying. Right. I don't know why I'm praying in tongues. I don't know why I'm supposed to pray for Afghanistan. So we got to his house and I just, um, yeah, I just, I started praying and I was, I like laid out on his, on his carpet in his living room and I started seeing visions mm. and it was beautiful, man. I was like flying over Afghanistan and I could see like this, just old, this dusty, just ancient you know, undeveloped land. And there was these people and they, there was all this hatred. There was war. Mm. There was like fighting. There was like broken families, oppression, Islam. And, and then God just said, bind it up, you know, just bind it up, bind it up. And I, you know, and I was just kind of like doing this work of binding. And then it went on and on. And then the Lord, then at one point it kind of transitioned. He says to me, loosen. And like, and I'm like, like kind of in the heavens and he's like, loosen my blessing. And I was like, yes, God's blessing and yeah. my freedom and my love and my peace and, and loosen, loosen like the name of Jesus and scripture and, and then like missionaries and worship to me. And it was like, I'm like, I mean, it's just this episode. <laughs> right, I don't, you know, right. like, so when I come out of it, you know, and I mean, I was like crying and like, blowing my nose there was like a pile of tissues like five feet high next to me and my buddies are looking at me like what are you doing and i'm like i don't know what's going on and then yeah. the only thing i had was like my heart was just like beating and i was like i love afghans mm. like what is going on so i went home and i was like babe this thing just happened and, and i just explained it to her and so she prayed with me and we prayed together and and like she got it like she was like yeah you know this is great you know and which is huge because there's oh. a lot of times if you have this revelation to go home and try to yeah. dispel, you know, distill this all down to your spouse yeah. and, and, and it has to be God yeah. for her to get it yeah. that way. Cause that's, that's massive. I mean, you're on and your, I can't explain that right, because right. like, she's this woman that always just said, okay, babe, if that's what the Lord said yeah. to you, let's do it. Like, right. I mean, how many couples, you know, that you, that, that you know, so Seriously. I mean, she's the hero because whatever God did in my life, right. he had to do for, for me to be, 
right obedient yeah and that was like i mean i think it was about an hour of him just like reconstructing right. my soul and my yeah. heart and my spirit you know so so that was september 1st right 2001 yeah dun 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 yeah this is massive so 10 days later is 9-11 9-11 and we, i mean i you know we all maybe not everybody but <laughs> <laughs> so y'all remember you remember 9-11 were you even born yet yeah. Okay. You were in your cradle. I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was three. But Tucson, right? It was in yeah, the yeah. morning. Massive. You know, yeah. we're sitting on the couch and, and my sister called, turn on the news. And I'm like, yeah. leave me alone. Like, you know, yeah. I haven't made coffee yet. You know, right. I'm going, yeah. you know, and I was getting ready to go to school and, 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 and we turned on the news and one of the towers had already been hit. Mm -hmm. And then live, we saw the second one get hit. Right. And of course nothing was there, but you know, we're just, I mean, this is life changing. I right. mean, we never saw anything <laughs> like this. Ever. Right. I mean, you know, us, you just yeah. think about how stimulated we are these days, but that was so stimulating. Right. Like it was just like, oh my gosh. And you see the second one get hit. So then it was like, from that, it was probably like a week after that, you know, the country of Afghanistan just is on the news. Mm -hmm. And this is Al Qaeda, this is Osama bin Laden. And, and we're like going to church. Hmm. And it's just this almost this patriotic like movement of, right. you know, we have to defend our homeland. Right, We've right, been right. attacked. And not something you normally hear at the church. Right. Right. And right. it's like, I'm dealing with all this like chaos going on internally. Like, God, what are you doing with me praying for Afghans, loving Afghans? Mm. And now this war that's right. like unfolding. Now we're going to go to war with and them. Like, yeah. And then the, the, you know, this political thing in the church that you just don't see in the church. And then I remember I was in a men's Bible study and there's like veterans there and they're talking about defending, you know, freedom and what we stand for. And I'm like. I just, I, I kind of felt myself kind of fading away from like yeah. the people I fellowship with normal, normally. And so my wife and I were like kind of struggling. Sure. And we're like, okay, we're just going to hold back and just, you know, I don't know, just try to figure out what God's doing in this. Right. So we're just praying, right. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? So it was about three weeks later. Um, my wife was in corporate travel. She was a travel agent and, and she worked nights and she worked with um, Ernst and Young and, um, I don't know, some of these other businesses that yeah. were in the trade towers. Yeah. Right. Wow. So her business like was falling apart because she did corporate travel for these people mm. and it was, everything right. was shut down. Nobody's, and yeah. so, so she's like, yeah, we're not, we don't have the, the same amount of volume. So she's like, could just come into work tonight and we'll just have dinner. And I was like, okay. So I was going to her, her work and I, we had leftovers from the night before. And I remember I was getting out of the car and this isn't normal, but I just <laughs> feel God's presence, you right, know? Right. And I'm like, okay. And I sit down and I'm like, you know, Lord, what's going on? And, and I just started seeing this vision and I was sitting in the driver's seat and I saw a vision and it was an outline map of the United States and then an outline map of the Soviet Union. And there was a big wall between them and America pushed on this wall and the Soviet Union pushed back. And then America pushed the wall, fell, made a bridge. And then all these people got up out of America, ran across this bridge into the Soviet Union. And then little churches popped up like right. monopoly right. pieces, you know? Sure. And I was like, Okay, and then I saw another outline map of the United States and an outline map of Afghanistan. Right. And then this big wall, and America pushed on this wall, Afghanistan pushed, and the struggle went back and forth. And then finally, America pushed, the wall fell, made a bridge, and my wife and I got up, and we were running <laughs> right. into Afghanistan. And it's like, it's not, doesn't take like a, you know, a seven-year-old gets what this right. is, right? You know, so Very clear, like, yeah. Okay, so I grabbed, you know, this Tupperware of dinner, and I'm like, you know, I don't know, just kind of like zoned in on like what I just saw. 
and I get in with so my wife's like faculty room and we sit down and I'm like, babe, I, I just saw something. She's like, what's going on? And so I just described the vision I just saw. And I'm looking at her and she's smiling the whole time. And I'm like, mm. what do you think? And she's like, I just feel joy bubbling up inside of me. She's like, first he, he broke your heart for Afghan people. And I felt that. And now he's given us a vision to go to Afghanistan. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, right, like, right. how does this? And so, you know, we, we went to our spiritual mentors and, and initially at that time, like her, her father um, is an amazing man of God. Just, he's a prophet. Yeah. I mean, been in deliverance ministry, hears from the Lord. And so, okay, he's going to be able to put two and two sure, together. So, sure. so they're at this time, they're living in Michigan or, um, yeah, so that's where my wife's from. So then anyway, so I, I call and uh, it's back in the day where, like, where everybody's on wired phones, right. you know, 2001. <laughs> yeah. and so, Y'all know what wired phones are. So I'm are. like, yeah. They don't know what that is either. So, <laughs> so I was just like, hey, can, you know, can you, can you put, um, you know, my mother-in-law on the phone? So, so she gets on the phone and my father, they're in separate parts of the house and they're, okay. they're, you know, we're all on. I think my wife and I are on the phone and so I'm holding it out. And so I just say, hey, we, we have some really important things that we need to discuss and like God's doing this stuff in our lives. And, and, and they knew missions were, were, sure. all, were on the map, but, sure. but now it's gotten specific, right? So, so I describe everything that's happened. Mm. And um, the phone goes silent. Yeah. And there's a long pause. And then my mother-in-law gets on, you know, and she says, um, don't ever bring this up again. Wow. We'll talk to you later. Wow. Click. <laughs> okay. It, yeah. So <laughs> now I just turned. Expected, I just right. turned my wife. I'm like, babe. Yeah. I. You know. Okay. Like we just we just put it on hold and uh, yeah. So you want me to keep going? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, right, right, no, okay. you got us right, at this so, point. <laughs> I got to so, see if you get to Afghanistan. Yeah. At this no, point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then you know we were, we're talking to, to. So I graduate college, um, and then I got this amazing job working on a farm, doing research. You know, figuring out how to mm -hmm. put. You know, kind of farm to table. Uh, in the third world. Right. So I worked that job and while I'm there, we, we have a big agricultural like um, um, development workers kind of conference and two guys come from Afghanistan there. And I remember talking to them and they're just telling me stories of like, you know, they're introducing like potatoes and arid lands right. and like, you know, but just some like nerdy ag stuff. Sure. But then they talk, tell, start talking about the people and how right. they move into communities and how they get accepted by the people. Right, right. right. And my jaws on the ground, like, and then like wherever they go, I'm like, can we get a coffee? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. And then they're like, they're like, we're going to go to have lunch. Well, can we have lunch with you? You know, yeah, like, we're right. just like falling around like these puppies. And, <laughs> and then I don't know, like they were great to us. You know, they were like, just, um, you know, just open books, just kind of like sharing a lot about the work in Afghanistan as, as ag agricultural workers. And so then that night, I remember Amy and I was, I was like, man, those guys are amazing. Like they're just, you know, heroes. And, and I was like, I was like, I, I want to be in their shadow, you know, like, yeah. and, and I was like, God, why do I like, I, I've never like really like, right. idolized anybody like that before. And, and um, God's like, because I put uh, a love in their heart for Afghans and you have that same right. love in your that heart. kindred spirit. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's what it is. Like they love Afghans. Like that, this is all about love and Afghans, you know? So anyways, like Christmas came around and um, we were, you know, having Christmas at the in-laws and, um, <laughs> yeah. there yeah. is, uh, there's the white elephant, but there's just then an elephant in the room, the, you know? the 600 pound <laughs> gorilla elephant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, before like anything can like it, you know, moving in any direction about, sure. about it, it's like, there's a bit of like, um, oh, yeah. a racial overtone, like, yeah, we're, you know, going to war with those towel heads. 
And I'm like, oh, Ooh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and, and, and just this stuff. And, and I mean, we're in, there's every night there's, there's a war right. of our troops in Afghanistan. So it's, it's a political conversation, but not a spiritual conversation. Right. And then it's bent towards like, you know, they're the enemy, you know, they they need to be taken out. And I, and so there's just not an inroad. You just don't want to bring right, it up, yeah. you know, and he's, there's this edge and I'm like, Ugh. so that was like an awkward Christmas. And so, you know, we're, we're now what, like three months. And so then we go out, uh, again in the summer. And I'm like, man, I don't, we haven't even really talked to her parents like sure. as people anymore. We're just got these, you know, like they got their, their opinion and we're, we, we don't know. We're just living our life and we're just like, what's going on? And we want their blessing though, but it's sure. just, so we end up coming back in the summer. We're visiting and, uh, I remember my father-in-law, he's six, four, <laughs> two fifty, right. you know, just, yeah, I have to look up to him. Yeah. You know, I did before spiritually, but I have to physically as well, like this right, guy, you know? Right. So he comes home from work and I just remember like, you know, he, he walks up, you know, the stairs from the garage and, you know, he goes in and change and he, he comes in and it's, you know, he didn't greet us on the way in. And so then he came in and he sat down he's like, we need to talk. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Here it is. Right. And then he says, the Lord has spoken to me in my quiet times mm-hmm. and it's God's will for you wow. and your wife and my, my daughter. My blonde, blue-eyed daughter. Exactly. To, to yeah. Go to Afghanistan. Yeah. She doesn't blend in. And, so and well. he's got like you know he's not a guy that you know is emotional. He's got tears in his eyes, and you know we tear up, and he prays for us, and it's mm. like, this is what God wants for us, you know, and and it's ours if we'll take it, you yeah. know. And it's just like there's nothing to rebel against because we know he's good, we know he cares for us, he's never going to leave us or forsake us, and like he's he's just put our our life on this path. And how would you, how could you ever reject him? Right, you know, like, right. So we say yes. And, you know, and it checks out with our pastors. Well, then when we, we, we call, um, like our leadership, you know, that would send us to the field, you know, yeah. And Springfield and, and they're like, okay, well, let's just, just, just write out your vision. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. you know, and like what God's done. So basically what I just described. Sure. And so I get it and it's like a day later and it, the executive board hmm. read it and wow. they're like, we don't send people to Afghanistan, Probably, yeah. especially in these circumstances. Right. Uh, we have one couple over there. They're on medical furlough from stress. Right. And we have one single girl from, um, uh, one, we had two single girls. One was an ex Marine. Mm-hmm. And then one was from David Wilkerson's church, Times Four church. Right. And she was just nuts. Right. So, right. uh, and she, he goes, well, we have a standard, we have a requirement and basically your vision makes it. This is wow. undeniable from God. And so, all right. And so then. 2003 we landed in Kabul. 2003 so two years from that initial to and and what i love about this is i think there's so much in your story that not only the the supernatural undeniable hand of god but then even you know your willingness and your wife's willingness to hold on to this thing even when people you love and respect and trust their spiritual you know leadership in your life to be able to hold on to that and just sort of like, I don't, I don't know where this is going, but I trust that God's working yeah. and waiting for God, you know, cause yeah. you could have easily have just been that, that guy who says, well, you know, this is God we're going, which wouldn't yeah. be wise. Yeah. I mean, obviously with a six foot four, 250 pound father-in-law, but, <laughs> but I mean, you could do that. Yeah. And, and there was just this sense of perhaps maybe confusion on some level, but yet waiting for God to, to put these pieces together and get you there, whether it was, I, I love that because I think there's so many times people hear from God 
And if they run up against opposition, which I think you will, yeah, yeah. I mean, always. Um, and of course, opposition is a God thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and especially even when it's people you love and you yeah. trust and, you know, and, and it, you just give them time to hear and God to process. He's working on both ends, you know. Yeah. I think sometimes people either get really abrasive and like, well, I, this is God and forget all you, I'm going. And they lose that covering that you so desperately need. I mean, obviously spiritually, practically and going yeah. into a country like this. And so two years later, 2003, you land on, on the ground and sort of your ministry approach there is share that, that kind of concept with us. Yeah. Well, of course the, you know, there's a big impact when we first land. So, okay. um, so there was only one airline that went in. It was uh, Ariana mm -hmm. Airlines. It was uh, old Russian airliners that the, you know, from the Soviet occupation. Right. That, you know, um, Afghanistan had acquired. Right. The last time they've acquired a, from <laughs> right. an occupation. Right. So, right. Right. They pick um, up stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, and uh, I remember my, you know, we got on the plane. We were the only foreigners. We were the only foreigners wearing normal clothes. Right. And everybody else had like you know these this Muslim garb, this, this shawar kameez, and and my um, my seat had only two bolts that were connected, and so when we took off, you know it was like a lazy <laughs> <Right>. boy, <laughs> and yeah, I went into the guy's reclining. lap and he pushed me back, right, right, and uh, you know, and then uh, they did the call to prayer in 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 the plane, right, and then there was a line of guys that like you know they just prayed in the eye. I mean. If if you're gonna get culture shock, right? This is, Talk you know, about this was intense in you know? your face culture. And shock. then you know, like I was looking out the window, so they had the airstrip, and it was like everything on the side right. of the, the tarmac. You know, the, the airstrip mm -hmm. was was blown up, rusty planes, like tanks all along. I mean, wow. it was like they just barely moved it out of the way to get there to give you a space to land. And um, I heard that you know it's the cobbles at like six thousand feet, and then just for them to get the um, you know the the approach they had to blow up a mountain to 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 make an airport there mm. i mean yeah so we saw all that and then there was a so the single girl from uh times square church she she came she was american and there was a and then we were working with a, a german organization and she came and she was all covered up and uh she gave my wife a covering and so she covered up and then like i remember like there was all this pressure of looking at her then when, when she covered like all these men kind of backed off yeah and um, I went to shake her hand and, and she like, she turned away like, you know, and I was just like, oh my gosh, we don't know nothing. We were like, <laughs> what is, what's going, what on? Is right. going on? Yeah. And they yeah. just like, you know, hurried us into this vehicle and it was, you know, and we just got out and then, yeah. So we, we worked with people that, um, they're just unbelievable. They, they, so the company we worked with, they were imprisoned during nine 11. Uh, they were held hostage. Mm. Uh, they'd done, you know, there was 24 of them. Uh, 16 of them were local Afghan, part of the, their relief organization. And then the other eight were foreigners and two of them were Americans. They were uh, rescued by a Delta force. And, you know, these, these two girls were, you know, in the white house and right. they wrote a book and, you know, there's a movie about all of it, but these are the people that we, we, we got to work under and as mentors, as leaders, like you couldn't have asked for tougher people, right, I mean, right. tough as nails. Um, so yeah, I can go into how, like, so the start of it all, you know, like, right. and so I remember we were living in like, you know, a, kind of a guest house where we had like our church meetings at, and it was just, you know, just a regular house. And they gave us like a little annex, like a little, just apartment with a bathroom. 
And um, it was all dirt roads, high, you know, mud walls around the place. And some South Africans were working there and they were, you know, just great believers, great Christians. And, you know, just took us in, gave us all the hospitality we wanted. And and they're like, yeah, you know, you'll be here. And then, you know, we'll help you get set up, get over jet lag. And then, you know, you'll start working once you get your apartment. And so we'll just, but first things first, like uh, you you can't wear a shirt and pants here, you know? And I'm like, okay. And and so they introduced me to an Afghan believer and they said, he'll take you into the market and just, just stay close to him and, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll protect you. And. And so we went into this, this big old like covered market and it's just busy, crowded with people. And um, then they, you just, you go and you go through the material. And um, I had heard like all the imams, they were like white, you know? Right, right. And, um, <clears throat> and I heard he was a believer. So I was just trying to like fellowship with them. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll be a religious guy here and I'll wear all white. And, um, and he looked at me and he grabbed my hand and like interlocked fingers which I had never done with a man before. Right. And, Especially uh, a stranger. Yeah. And <laughs> it was in public. Right. And, then, and then like we were in this store, we were going to, you know, we we're looking at all the fabric colors. And I said that, you know, I want to wear white like a religious guy. And I was just joking. You right. Know? Sure. And so he grabbed my hand. He pulled me out of the, out of the store. We're interlocked fingers. And he's kind of like pulling me along. And so I'm like, like a little boy with my father. Like, What's sure. going on here? You know? And, and he's like, listen, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. So, and I was like, he said, um, Hey, you know, I, I you know, all the men in my family are, are, are Muslims. Um, and one night I had a dream and uh, Jesus came into my bedroom and he was wearing a white shawar kameez. Mm. And he says, uh, he showed me the blood in his hands and he showed me that this blood is the only way that I could be cleansed. And all the religious things that I've been doing to be cleaned will not work. Right. And that he was the way, the truth and the life. And, and, and so he said, I gave my life to Jesus and he was wearing a white shawar kameez. You've come here to be Jesus to my people. So yeah, we will get you a white shawar kameez. Wow. And I'm like, gosh, do I even bother to joke around anymore? Like, <laughs> right. what am I-? I really should stop joking. Intense, <laughs> you know? So Seriously. You know, so, so that was the first one he got, you know? And, like, and then every, every time I saw him when I was wearing it, he's like, yeah. you're, you're, you're Jesus to my people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is intense. No pressure. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we ended up getting a place. I remember there was a Chinese restaurant and... Um, and I said, and we went there and then it closed down. And then the leaders were like, Hey, maybe we'll look at that place, that restaurant we went to eat. You know, you can rent that out for your apartment. And I'm like, that's place is huge. And they're like, Oh yeah, it'll be like $50 a month. Don't worry. It's, wow. like, it's cheap, you know? Right. And then, and I was like, well, I've heard that they're brothels, you know, like yeah. they have like secret bout. And he's like, Oh, it could be that. But then he says, uh, well, those demons are easier to kick out than the Muslim ones. So I was just like, where am I at? Like, what is going <laughs> I am on? not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. Anyways, that yeah, didn't work sure. out. We ended up got another house and it was literally a mud house. Um, I, you know, it, you could, when you walk through the door, like there was wooden frames, you could hear the termites eating the wood and it, you know, wow. but it was nice, you know, yeah. we, it was livable. We figured it out. Um, yeah. So it's amazing. So the, obviously, you know, now you've landed in Afghanistan, you've, it, it's not as though, okay, I'm going to get my, my, you know, Bible in my tracks and go stand on the corner and start preaching to people, you know, start, you know, doing that sort of approach. So the approach then becomes using what you've, what you've been, what you've learned in terms of ag and in terms of, I think, you know, the different fish farms, the chicken, the different to feed people. And so walk us through that a little bit. You get to that point where now you're helping to serve these people who are primarily Muslim, probably, uh, if not all. And, um, what, what's that, what's that sort of like, what kind of, 
you know, because I've heard you say this in terms of, and we've, I think we've seen some of these movies that have come out from Hollywood that talks about the, you know, the hospitality of when you begin to serve or when they bring you into their yes, community, like we're, so. yep. you know, we're, we're, our job is to protect you yep. and to yep. care for you. And, and, um, and, but I think for the American mindset, that's so, that's yep. so foreign, yeah. but yeah. you really become a part yes. of their community even when it comes to, you know, those who are, you were talking about being in Taliban controlled lands. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and then you, and then you start having children at some point in yeah, this right, thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that to me, as I just look at it, I go, man, that is so much that you just, and it makes no, it, it's, it makes complete sense to me that God would have to impress so deeply yeah. through those encounters where a lot of people can, you know, here's the thing. I think someone can, who, who doesn't believe in that sort of thing could doubt that. But then I look at the fruit of your life and you're, yeah. you're still to this day with your wife and children, you know, still yeah. serving and, and reaching and, and seeing people come to Christ. That fruit to me is what, you know, validates like, yeah, every bit of this is, yeah. is the Lord. I mean, yeah. Jesus says you'll, you'll be in me and you'll bear fruit. So, yeah. so it makes sense that it's that clear. Yeah, like you've yeah. got, you're not going to go on a whim. Like, man, eh, I yeah. think, you know, yeah. um, because what you're about to face, yeah. I mean, talk just about that. I mean, you're, you're in, in some sense, like you're constant living under this, this weight and this pressure yeah. of, you know, my spouse, my kids living yeah. in this land that yeah. if they find out that we're proselytizing, yeah. sharing Jesus with people, um, so, so what is that? Tell us, yeah. I mean, what's that? Yeah. How does that play out? For yeah. You? I mean, it's just some other thoughts that I have as we have this sure. discussion. So, um, because looking back, like I, you know, and it's a little bit easier coming home, looking yeah. back, you know, yeah. um, how do we get to where we're at? And I don't have that fully like thought out and yeah. the process is <laughs> sure. like, it's kind of deep and it goes down like, but I think in simplest terms, like you get a lot of information, especially in the church in America, right? you know, and you get. Uh, teachings and just expository, like, you know, explanations of right. scripture that, that are probably more than ever in the history of right. the church. Right. I mean, we have more think tanks, more teams, yep. more scholars. Our IQs are probably higher than ever. You know right. what I mean? Like we can analyze and, you know, get the historical, the archeological, you know, just everything, All of it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, being kind of a Gen Xer still, you right. know, and had to maybe limited resources we didn't sure. grow up with the internet no. you know it was all born in our and, era yeah. and i got saved when i was 19 and so i was very impacted because i didn't grow up with the church yeah the scripture scripture to me was like you know it was a little bit more black and white yeah and there wasn't of course there's tons of layers to it right sure. and that's kind of the mystery of the kingdom you know like you know and telling the kingdom of god is near if you think you understand what that means, you don't, right? right. I mean, you just, you don't, you know, <laughs> right. like, exactly. I mean, I, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but sure, like, no. I'll say I knew a guy who was the main recruiter for suicide bombers of ISIS. Right. And we were able to shelter him and disciple him before we got him out. And his testimony was, uh, you know, he was burning a pile of, um, of Bibles. And he just said, thought to himself, why, why, right. why is this book so dangerous that we right. have to burn it? Right. And so he just picked it up. And so he's a Hafiz, which means he has the Quran completely memorized. Um, his father and his uncle were the leaders of the, the top uh, apologetic Islamic universities in right. the world. I mean, he had, he said he knew Islam, memorized. I mean, right. front to back, he knows right. the entire structure of it. He, he took one reading, you know, of the scriptures, and he said like his soul went deeper than the ocean. Hmm. And he like, 
he never, you know, like it, 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 it blasted Islam out of the water. Cause like, right. You know, the, the word of God is so infinite, you know, yeah. and it's like life yeah. and, he, and it's just that. So I'm just saying, so anyways, there are layers, but when we look at it simplistically and we, and we get knowledge, so I think in the beginning I just had, you know, great teaching, but I knew it was enough. Yeah. And when we don't know it's enough and we're always looking for more information or more teaching or more training, and we just don't look at Jesus and yes. you look at the examples of Matthew, of Peter, and like, what did they have? Right. You know, right. they didn't have sermons. Right. They didn't have right. Bible schools. They right. didn't have training. Yeah. And they just followed radically, you know, like, right. like I shared the other night, like he sent 72 out to raise people to the dead. None of us had raised people to the dead. And he died and raised from the dead right. as an example, you know, like, right. so I, you know, somehow I just grabbed onto like, I have enough. Let's so just, good. let's just go with what. God's given me up to this point. And then when I need more, there's going to be a revelation yeah. because God is faithful, you know? Yeah. So, and that's basically the biblical narrative. You see these men that have just so much and they were faithful to that. And right. then God showed up when they needed more, you know? Right. So, um, so getting into like the farming. Well, and let me just yeah. say this. Okay. I, I love it. Cause yeah. I was thinking about coming in today, just thinking about our conversation and so much of what we deal with in, um, I would just say in, in, in the U S I mean, we have so many Christians fighting with Christians and mm. then fighting with it's all this apologetics approach to, yeah. you know, well, what does that word really mean? And, and again, like you say, there's layers of it and yeah. certainly, you know, it's all inspired. That's what we, what's what we believe. But when it comes, I thought, you know, uh, Justin is, he didn't go out with an apologetics degree to, you know, I'm going to defend the faith, you know, and give an answer for my faith in Jesus, though that's scripture, but you went out in a real demonstration of obedience, you know, leading of God, obedience that led to, and a continual leading that led to, you know, encounters with God and people encountering. And I, I love that. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that you argue Muslim into Christianity. You know, I'm not sure that you, you know, and I think I'm not sure you argue anybody into yeah. it truthfully. I think there has to be that rep. So I I love yeah. that that is such a prominent piece um, that I think we get away from yeah. because we do have yeah. so much and we start leaning on our own understanding. Yeah. You know, we start like, well, this is what that means, yeah. and nothing wrong with that yeah. educationally, I suppose. Um, but I think when we we start replacing that, yeah. you know, with just a real like. I am out here, God, and if you don't show yeah. up, <laughs> yeah. this is where I'll be, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Let me, I'll just uh, pull it back, you know, yeah. into this Muslim context. So, uh, you know, what we've seen just, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about traditions sure. because if, if, even if you look at the life of, life of Christ, you know, he, he looked at the Pharisees' traditions and, you know, they replaced their traditions with the commands of, the, of God, you know, and it's right. like, right. We, we are people prone to traditions, you know, but, um, and that I think can mute God's voice. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if we just get in this rut and we, and it feels good, it's right. And God's sovereign, things are good, but what is the perfect will of God? Yeah. You know? Um, anyways, as missionaries, we would say we have the, not, it's not a tradition, but typically when you see Muslims come to the Lord, they have a power encounter. So like a dream or right. a vision, right. a healing, you know, some, some encounter with the Holy spirit. Um, but that's not the complete picture. Like a lot of them, they, they're still like, right. what does that mean? What is you know, that? Someone's yeah. got to, and so then they need a truth encounter. And so a lot of, a lot of that is like boots on the ground, uh, a believer, God fearing person that, that can share truth and can live it out with them, you know? Yeah. And so, 
And then um, they need the love of God. You know, they, they need to see that, that, that we are a family, that we are children of, of, of a father that, that cares for us yeah. and that we, we love one another. Right. And so love, power, and a truth command. And so um, I'll just share a, a story of a friend of mine. So, so about a third of you know, a Muslim country, it's 99% Muslim and a very large country, a third of the country, his father was the head imam over all the country, over or a third of the country. Right. So like top dog, there's only, right. there, he's in a class of three others, you know, like, right. or two others, you know, it's, and, and, and so when his firstborn son was born, uh, he would be the next great imam, you know, like right. he would take on his father's thing. So they, they came up with this thing like, okay, holy hands will touch him. And so Muslims have like this ceremonial cleansing that they do. Mm-hmm. And so right. when, when, um, when Ahmet was born, uh, like if he cried, needed his diaper change, his, his mom had to like ceremony cleanse to pick him up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. She's, you know, whatever, like mopping the floor, like, right. Oh, baby's crying. Like, and yeah. then she, and it takes like, you know, yeah. 10, 15 minutes and he would just suffer and cry and then she'd pick him up, you know, or, you know, aunt so-and-so comes over to the house to visit. Oh, I want to see the baby go clean, you know, and she'd have to go cleanse, wow. you know? Um, and it's quite a, you know, and so only holy hands touched him. You know, and they just prophesied, oh, you're going to be the next great imam. And so, so then, you know, he was studying the Quran as soon as, you know, before he could read, you know, they were reading it over him. And then, and so he moved up, you know, through school, meeting all the demands of his family. And he was just this great, you know, order of the Quran. He could chant it like no other. His action was great. You know, his memorization was great. You know, he was leading like the, the summer camps and got into high school and he was voted the top imam. And then, and then he went on like an itinerary cause like he was this young guy that was like, you know, and, and everything was just kind of falling a step. He got into university um, and the, he had a philosophy course and his professor said, hey, you know, of course we're here to question everything, but we'll, we'll, we'll never question Islam. Right. Well, you tell that to like a teenage boy and he's like, what, Why? you know, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, right? Why? We gotta, yeah. you know, just whatever, you know, right. we're built like that, you know? Right, right. And so <clears throat> that put a doubt in his mind and the amazing thing in like Islam is doubting is a sin, hmm. right? And, and that's actually, I think that's the key part of, of the Holy Spirit reaching of Muslims yeah. is that all this structure, it, you know, yeah. you can tighten it and you can you well oil, you know, all, all the engineering you want to do of a religion that, that, that is Islam, but, but doubts will come in and that's where the Holy Spirit will start speaking to people, right? And so, so he starts doubting, but then he's doubting while he's leading yeah. like people in, in, in the call to prayer and, and through the, you know, the, you know just the, the, day, the five daily prayers and you're not allowed to do that. And then he's getting like these people come up, oh, such a wonderful service today, thank you. you know? And he's like, I was doubting the whole time and they still thought it was great. Mm. Like there's no spirit in this, like, wow. you know? And like, there's no conviction, it's right. just doubt. And so he's feeling like this whole thing's a, it's not, you know, right. it's, it's a lie. Right. And so he basically becomes an atheist and he's on this journey mentally while he's still acting as an imam and he's lost. Wow. He becomes depressed. And so at his low, he says, you know, God, if you're real, like mm. I'm there. So he has a dream. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he sees him, himself in this great hall and there's like all these like, you know, spiritual people in there, they're wearing, you know, Muslim garb and it's very crowded. And then he sees the back wall of the room is filled with thrones. Right. And, and he sees the old Testament prophets, which Muslims recognize like, you know, Solomon and Adam and Isaac, Jacob, David, you know, like these guys. And then the middle throne is, is huge, but it's empty. And so he thinks to himself, Oh, Mm. Muhammad's going to come and sit down. Right. Right. 
And then, you know, he's like kind of, you know, mingling around with all these people in the room. And, and then he has all this fear come over him. The room starts shaking and in walks a lion. Mm. And he can't even move. He's trembling. And one of the, the, the guys comes up to him, puts his hand on his shoulder and says, don't be afraid. He's with us. And the lion goes and sits on the throne. Mm. He wakes up from his dream and he's like, what just happened? What prophet is the lion? Right. So he goes to the internet <laughs> and the lion of right. Judah comes up. Right, right. And Jesus and he's prophetic, you know, scripture of, of, of the lion is, you know, is the Christ. And, and so he's like, the Christians are right. Mm. <laughs> you know, so he gets right. a Bible and he gets the truth, right? right? He's got the power encounter. And so he leaves his city and he, it, like, it's actually a smaller city in, in the eastern part of the country. And then he goes to like the big city. And he gets involved with this church, but he's not figuring it out. And um, he's actually like, you know, I've got all this. And so I meet him and I start to disciple him. Right. With my family, I take him back out to the east. And I'm like, your testimony is powerful. Like, I'll open the doors, you know, because they expect me as a foreigner to be a Christian. And then when it comes to the moment, I want you to share what God's done in your life. And we feed him, we care for him, we travel all over the place, and he feels the love of God from right. a, a, you know, a family. family right. And then he, God uses him, you know, like his testimony is so powerful, and he knows the Quran, and so no one can argue with him. Right, yeah. And then, well, I mean, he's now a pastor. Wow. You know, at a persecuted church, and he's unbelievable. So. That's unreal, man. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, as he comes, you know, the, the dynamic of family, yeah. he's left behind all of this, which means he's left oh, everything. Oh, man. And that's just everything. I mean, you know, he's got a, lots of brothers and sisters. He's yeah. got lots of nieces and nephews. He's he's married now, praise God. Yeah. Um, but uh, they didn't come to his wedding, you know, like I right. was in his wedding. It just was devastating. It was, for yeah, them. it was so yeah. hard. And then, so he made a deal with his father. Uh, his father um, has a like a, a death warrant. He, he can kill him. Right. Um, but it's a shame on his father if his son became a Christian, because how would he have raised such a weak man? You know? Right, right. And so he, he's not allowed to share with his family that he's a Christian, and then his father won't kill him. So then he still gets to go home for like, you know, Christmas and Easter in Islam, right. you know, like Ramazan. And, right, and so they just yeah. feel like he's a, a non-practicing. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind, kind, of, kind of an atheist. Yeah. And it's, it's better be an atheist. I mean, if the daughter's a prostitute, that's okay. If the son's a prostitute. But you, the worst sin is to become right. a Christian. To, yeah, yeah, to convert to Christianity. Yeah. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. So um, I want to talk a little bit about Live Dead, which yeah. is this this sort of, in the last, how, how many years? Probably last decade or so, or is it, is yeah, it more than that? Yeah, probably about 10 years, yeah. Okay. And it's, we, we could say it's a movement. Yeah. 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 And, and so when we think of the typical missionary, yeah. you know, uh, so much has changed in the world, especially within yeah. these countries that it is illegal to, to go and preach and yeah. proselytize. Yeah. And um, so the concept of live dead, explain that to us yeah. a little bit, how that, that plays us. Because it's in some level, it's what you guys have done. You've, yeah. you've come into community and, you know, sort of assimilated those yeah. and start. So tell us yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Paul in Galatians, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Um, we know where our home is. Right. It's it's heaven. And the more that we attach ourselves to this earth, uh, the more we're going to be deceived. The more mm. we'll be clouded in the great, you know, just the great love story that God is, you know, to seek and save the lost. Um, wow. And so. I, there's, I'm telling you, there's something just on. I just feel that, you know, this, the more we are. Say that again. The more we are attached to this world, yeah, we're going to be deceived. The we're more gonna be, we are things are going to get cloudy. It's going to get gray. Um, but this is all about going home. Yeah. There's not a moment in this world that we won't regret that we didn't live for God. Yeah. Because when we get to heaven and we realize that was what it was all about, 
I mean, it's just, it's going to, you just can't compare it. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, the streets are gold, you know, right, I don't right. know, you know, it's like, you know, the <laughs> story, compares, you know, yeah. the, you know, yeah. nothing compares. So, um, so the, 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 the movement is in teams, you know, so my teammates are Latinos, yeah. um, you know, and I love them, their families. And so in teams, we church plant. So we can, we can feed the poor, we can open orphanages, uh, we can do relief work, you know, we can do sports academies, yeah. you know, businesses mission, open, you know, any, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. But the first thing, the, the main thing is we plant churches because out of the church, um, you know, good things happen. Yeah. So yeah. salvations, that's the greatest, you know, uh, crime against humanity is, is, is the spiritual depravity of, of non-saved people. Yeah. Um, so we plant the church and then amongst the unreached. So, you know, 42% of this, this world has never heard the gospel right. and they don't have access to the gospel. Right. And it's a huge number to be unreached. It's 2% of the population. If it's under that, it means unreached. Right. But most of the places, I mean, I'm at 0.0006% of Christians in the country that I'm at. Right. And there's unengaged races of people that, that a race of people like, so, oh, I'm, you know, I'm German or Swedish right. or Italian, right. you know, like. An entire race, yeah. You, you know, so I have disciples and I'm like, you're the only believer in your race of people. Wow. You're precious. Like we've, we've sought and prayed and seeked and, and, and your salvation is like, you, you know, the, all of heaven rejoiced, you know, like, I don't know if it was more or less, but I mean, every soul's valuable, man, one, one believer in this race. So, so in teams, church planning amongst the unreached is the movement of, of live dead. And, 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 you know, biblically, you know, of course it's, it's, you think of like, you know, what am I to do today? Then what was God calling me to do? Well, it doesn't change. You think of a guy like Jonah who God called him to go and preach. And this is in Northern Iraq, Nineveh. Right. And the people there were just horrible. Right. Right. And they're still horrible. Right. And he's still calling Jonah to go. And how many people were running? Right. And, and, but God showed in his, his, his power and his kingdom that he could take one man in the one city and the whole city will repent mm. and us for us to doubt god when he's done it then right. he wants to do it now and he's going to do it with or without us right but how much right. better is if you do right. it with him you know yeah, like, exactly yeah so that's that's the lived dead moving in living you know starting some sort of of you know community you know, whether it be business, whether yeah. it be, but you're there just serving people and living. Well, you know, in, in the heart of hearts of Live Dead is that we abide in Christ. Mm -hmm. we, we are not there to, to save anybody. We're not there to build a church. Christ did not command us to build a church. There's no command. He says, I will build the church. Right. He says, go make disciples. Yeah. So, you know, um, and there's, you know, it's, it's easy. You just, you know, like yeah. I said, just we go into the unbelievers home. We seek the man of peace. And, you know, we run ads on Instagram, Facebook, right. and, and there's, there's God-fearing people out there. You, you can knock on doors and you can, you know, move into, you know, into cities, but you're going to run into knuckleheads all day long. Right. But, but there's filter methods that we have with technology today. And, and there's, um, we have lists of people that we have to follow up on. I have to follow up on. And I, I only have so much time. Right, right. And, and I get to people and they're like, it, I've waited, you know, right. six months right. to meet you. Like. Um, you know, I, what do I say? Mm. I don't know. There's some Jonas that are just busy. They're running know. away. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> and I, I know you're, I'm not, I'm not setting you up to load a gun, <laughs> <laughs> but what would your, coming back to the States, oh. obviously talk about a, probably another kind of culture shock in some regard, coming back to the American church in the States, what would your, what would your message you know, I, I, I mean, obviously you've shared yeah. your message yeah. of, of even last night and sharing with, you know, and as you're doing, but if someone were just to sit down and talk with you and go, just give it to me, you know, as somebody who's out there living, um, you know, in a 0. 0.0000, yeah. you know, I think 43% of, of the United States is calls themselves Christian. Yeah. So, um, whether, whether that's real Christianity or, you know, a disciple follower of Jesus or not, that remains to be seen, but there's still an identification with yeah. this belief system, uh, at least. Um, what, what is your, what is your, if someone were sitting there listening in, you know, cause it's, it's clear to me that I think there are gonna be people who hear this, see this and the Lord speaks to them. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's part of the aim. I think that's, um, that there's some who maybe are running even now. Yeah. They're gonna be like, okay, and and the Lord will get it in, you know, through the yeah. through the the uh, he'll hack the algorithm and yeah. get it in front of them, you know what yeah. I mean, and create that space. But what what would you as a message? Uh, and you're and you're not a yeah. you know, uh, I've never seen you as uh, an overly critical person. So I say I'm not. Yeah. I know I'm not trying to you know emote something out of yeah. you. But if you were just sitting around, you were talking to the person that is the church. Yeah. What would you say? What's your message be? Um, I mean, I know what I want to say, and I try not to be critical as well. So, <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, we're not we're not going to be much different than we see in the scriptures. Yeah, you know, and uh, we, we've got to understand that that religion is going to be um, our easiest path to follow. And, and, and Christ came to break up that religion. Yeah. You know, like we're not gonna have traditions. We're not, gonna make ex, we're not gonna make extra standards that are gonna feel good by going through these motions that, um, that feel right, but it's not following Jesus, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we, we get a lot and God's, you know, he's very good to us. He has so much grace. Sure. Um, but the molds that we're building, um, you know, there's something that the Holy Spirit is doing, and it's it's going to be outside of a building, um, and it's going to be in dark places because Christ, in the end, he's going to see those who worked with the least of these. Yeah, that's where he's at. Yeah, and you know, like less than one percent of like of, of giving to 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 Christianity as a whole goes to the unreached. Right. You know, and. And very few go to to plant the church amongst the unreached. It's just the imbalance is is, you know, like, you know where Christ is hanging out. Yeah, he he right now is in Gaza. Yeah, and he's comforting those that are suffering. Yeah, and we're not. And there, we've got to take a hard look at ourselves for that. Um, you know, the white hot glory of God. You know, when any of us approach it, what was me? I'm a man of unclean right. lips. Right. None of us are worthy. But at the end of the day, Christ is worthy, and whatever we do, it's it's you know it's just you know it's dirty rags, right? You know, so um, we've got to be radical in chasing who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is available, but if if we're not seeing moves of God, power of God, 
seen people raised from the dead. We've seen people raised from the dead. We've seen people delivered of evil spirits. Uh, we've asked for prayer uh, of dreams. They get a dream that night. We've seen healings, all kinds. It's, it's because we're not moving in religious methods. Mm. We're moving where Jesus is, and he's doing these, these radical things in places where there's no other people besides yeah. places where he's not getting the worship that he deserves. Right. And that's what it's all about, that all the earth would recognize right. his glory, you yeah. know, from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And you, you go, you know, you reverse, reverse engineer that, right. and it's like, okay, we got to get to those places because yeah. there's plenty of them. Um, and he's, I mean, I hear people say, you know, even colleagues of mine, the safest place is, is in the will of God, you know. We have suffered so much, and it's been so painful. Um, you know, coming back to America, it's home. I love my family. I mean, my parents have done two Thanksgiving and two Christmases with my kids. And it hurts so much to do that, but my parents still bless the work that we're doing, and they know the sacrifices we made and that they are making, they're gonna get on the back end, you yeah. know? Um, the things that God is doing, um, I don't, I don't know how anybody wouldn't want to be a part of it. You know, when when you when you fellowship with somebody that was in ISIS or was in Taliban, and they were so ignorant to his truths, they were just, they were, they were blinded for generations, yeah. you know, and then they come to you and they're like, "Why did we get Muhammad and you got Jesus?" And it's like. How do you answer that? You yeah. know, and then yeah. they 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 deny everything. You know, their parents hate them. Right. They lose jobs. They they're they're shamed. I mean, I remember I went to a village, you know, to follow up with a believer, and and he got in the car with me, and he wanted to just show the works he's doing. He's like, I helped this widow, and I cut wood wood for this widow, and you know, and 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 then you know this man comes up, and I roll down the window, and I greet him, and, and he looks at me, and says, Why are you? Why do you have this this dog in your car? And that, that dog is just the worst thing you can say to somebody in that culture. And I looked over, and he just put his head down. He says, uh, You know, I just had a small conversation. I went, and I says, What? And he says, I've shared with him, and, and he knows I'm a Christian, and, and, and now mm. I'm the dog of the village. And none of us have experienced that, right, you know. Right. But then I get to comfort him. I get to love him. I get to pray with him and worship with him. What? That's where Christ is, you know. Right. And so I get to do this. Yeah. It, you know, you taste it, you see it, you're like, that's Jesus. I want to be there too, because that's right. who we are. Right. We want to be with Jesus. We want to follow him. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I was thinking about when you were talking about what what a Muslim needs is, you said a power, you know, an encounter, truth, yeah. and then the truth, and love, and yeah. then love. And and to me, I don't know, not to over, but I, what, I, what I sense in that is that it gives a very clear pattern, I think, for we as the church at least to be praying and consider number one, we need to pray that, you know, unreached people have these power, these dreams. You know, I saw a story recently of 200 Muslim men having the same dream and coming to Christ. And um, so as a church praying, but then also, you know, that they need the people, they need the truth encounter they need. So there's some who, you know, that that we pray that the Lord would send workers into the harvest field and yeah. be willing to go in that harvest field as God calls. And then that, that love, obviously that I think is a byproduct of those coming all together, yeah. living yeah. life together. So yeah. I think it helps us to, to know like, okay, this is an assignment we can have yeah. um, to, to partner 
with those that are going as well as you know going as well but man thank you so much um for taking this time i've just since the i just i want to close a little bit just with jesus because yeah um it's always a good close yeah you know we've we've (laughs) we've lost a lot you know like i my best friend was martyred my wife's best friend was martyred i've had two people two best friends of mine also left the field and and were disabled you know um in the pain I, you know, you just can't describe it, but I'm going to tell you that in the deepest hurt and the pain mm-hmm. and the crisis that we've been through, it's the, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And there's a, a, there's a depth to Christ that you just can't imagine that when you know him in the midst of a deep pain, you, you get to be a part of, of Christ that you just can't imagine because he's so much more than you know, the, the, the painting on the wall, like, you yeah. know, he's so much more than just, so it's worth it. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't trade it. Cause, cause w- when we're broken, you know, at our just, then you see Jesus and his presence comes and he speaks to you and it's like, oh yeah, mm. it's all about you. Um, and I know it's what we all want. So chase after Jesus, follow yeah. him. Yeah. Would you, uh, would you pray for those who yeah. are who are watching? I think there are there are going to be some divine yeah. um, appointments that happen, yeah. and so let's would you just yeah. lead some prayer for yeah. them? Amen. Lord, we just uh, yeah. we thank you for uh, the great commission, Lord. We thank you that uh, maybe it's great that's not even written there, but it's 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 this call to go and make disciples of all nations, and uh, there are friends, there are families, there are people that are, are longing. And um, we thank you, Lord, that you're right there next to them. But God, how can they hear unless someone goes? And how can yeah. they hear unless someone shares, Lord? And so there's a dream in all of our hearts. Um, there's a, a, just a powerful passion, Lord, that I know that, God, you've put in our hearts, Lord. And uh, we all have unique giftings, Lord. And I just pray for even now, Lord, the, the passion to be pure in heart, Lord, so that we will see you and hear again from you, Lord, what, what, what you have for each one of us. And uh, God, that there would just be a faith that's built from the, just your commands, Lord, that if we love you, we'll obey your commands. And you've said, go and bear fruit. And uh, this world has been held captive for too long, yeah. but it lies the enemy. And you came to seek and save the lost, Lord, to set free the captive, Lord. And uh, God, that we would just... Um, we'd stand up and uh, the women would be women of just just brave women and men would would stand up and and just be all that you've called them to be lord god and teams would go out lord and we would just go and seek and save the lost lord i pray even now that 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 dream that was lost would just come back to life lord those visions would come back to life and even these words lord that's the unreached would be reached mm. and we would go to the nations and uh, yeah, make disciples and they would make disciples and, and, and you will pour out your spirit, Lord, you will. And the greatest harvest is yet to come. And uh, it's, it's, it's was shared on the day of Pentecost by Peter and, and God, we want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of that great last harvest and uh, we'll all go home. So Amen. thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I think it's uh, incredibly impactful. 
So appreciate you, man, yeah. and the work you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you.